0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Empower Podcast. Um, In this episode, we're trying out a new format, kind of like a roundtable discussion here. Um, We have a couple guests for us, and I will try my best not to butcher his name. He just mentioned it, but we have on uh, Jason Villarreal, right? Is that correct? Yes, Um,
1: that that is correct, yeah.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, you're a game tester, right? Associate tester at Gunfire?
1: Yeah. Yep. I'm Yep. Associate QA tester, or soon to be a associate QA tester for Gunfire Games.
0: Yep, and we also have his mentor, uh, Christopher Mora, who is. You're also a, test, you're a QA test analyst at uh, Sony Interactive, right? In San Diego.
2: That's correct.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. I'm um, glad to have you. Glad to have you. Um, so first things first, I'd like to know, like Steve, like what's your relationship to them, or. How, did you, how do you guys know each other? And then I guess we can kind of go from there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, first of all, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jason, for taking some time to join us today. Like for Chris, I know that we worked together side by side at Sony PlayStation for quite a few years. And one of the things about Chris is that um, I always saw his fire and his passion and his willingness to grow. And that was one of the things where I I can't even remember where it was where we met, but we ended up having conversations and it just snowballed into kind of me just kind of showing him all of the things that I did to progress in my career. And I saw the fire that Chris had, and that's one of the things that made me really want to mentor him. And then recently, uh, I saw a post on LinkedIn where Chris had, had, um, he tagged me and he also tagged Jason, I was like, who's this Jason person? And then I was scouring LinkedIn and I saw Jason had posted that he had just gotten a position as a tester at gunfire games. And then all the pieces started to come together that I had mentored Chris and now Chris was mentoring Jason. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, it's so amazing to see how I didn't even realize the impact that the interactions that I had with Chris. But after chatting with him for a little bit, he told me about how our conversations had inspired him to want to pay it forward essentially and that's one of the, that's why I wanted to bring them onto the podcast because this is so fresh this is something that just happened literally this past week and I just wanted to pick both of their brains to see what was it like, how did they end up getting together what was their mindset going into this interaction and then what was the process of you know, Chris helping out Jason so that he could actually apply for the job. So uh, let's start it off with Chris. Like, I know you and I have been chatting for a while, but can you give us a little insight on what's been going on in your head during the past uh, couple of weeks, especially with regards to helping out Jason?
2: Absolutely. And, you know, thank you guys for basically inviting uh, Jason Knight to this podcast and um, just being able to share a little bit about this experience. Right. Uh, And well, Jason dude, like, um, it is, once again, great to see that you were able to uh, get get your dream, man. And you never gave up. Um, if I can just do, like I said, before answering the question, uh, Steve, it's that same sort of passion in, in the fire that I believe you were able to see in me that I saw in Jason, man. And it was such a trip because, um, like, when you first approach, approached me, Jason, I'm like, hmm. That's definitely the spirit and the motivation that a person needs to break not only into games, but also, like, get to where they want to be, right? Um, so, yeah, just, just going back to your question, uh, Steve, in, in the last couple of weeks, the 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 thing that I actually wanted to provide uh, to Jason was mostly just, like, moral support and, like... I don't think that I was telling you what to do or like necessarily pushing you towards stuff. Um, But my main goal was to be like, to let you know that you were not alone in this process, man. Um, And you know, to be able to sort of empower each other. I think like you gave me a lot of energy through basically keeping me on the loop of like, you know, like you've applied to these places uh, seeking feedback and stuff and and I think it was you know, kind of like a two-way street uh, on that end um, so yeah, that, that was pretty much it just like, super occasional catching up on LinkedIn and we capitalize on being able to connect online with complete strangers basically uh, dude, that's that, awesome that's, that's pretty much it
3: and for Jason, like, one of the questions I want to ask you is, like, out of all of the people in the world, how did you end up connecting with Chris? Like, what was that process for you?
1: It's actually a funny story. Well, kind of. I, not really. Um, so initially, when I first like, started to try applying to games, um, the first, like, studio I applied to was a, uh, a studio in Japan called CyberConnect. I just wanted to test the waters because actually uh, in the future I would like to um, go to Japan one day and work there. Um, but I ended up getting rejected so I think I applied to like some other places, I don't really remember uh, too much. And then I figured at a point in time, I thought to myself, I think I should probably try to connect with people uh, and try to like reach out to them and ask them for some advice if they have any for me or if they would be able to like, you know, connect back. So I think I just randomly sent a connection request to Chris just thinking like, I mean, maybe maybe something will come out of it. Maybe he will accept my uh, request and I can try to talk with him. Um, and he actually, he did end up accepting it. And um, I just, I think I just shot a message after that and he ended up replying back. And I was really surprised about it because I didn't expect any anything like that. I just wanted to test the waters and that, that's how it ended up happening
3: awesome awesome and like i know you met you sent a message to chris but it's it i'm getting the the feeling that he wasn't the only person that you sent a message out to it 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 sounds like you probably sent messages to various people on linkedin and like what tell us about that
1: yeah so yeah i did i I, yeah i had sent uh i sent so many messages and actually there's a lot of messages when i go back through my dms i realize there's a lot of messages that people didn't respond back to me, so... <laughs> um, but there was some uh, some instances where people did respond, like... Um, there was a, actually one of the first ones I... One of the first message... Uh, pe- people I messaged was someone from... I believe it was Rockstar Games uh, in the UK. And I guess my whole mindset initially was... I wanted to just kind of move out, uh, just leave. But I didn't really think about, like there's a lot more to it than, like, moving out and uh, going to other places, right? And um, for, like, QA testing, it's it, literally impossible to actually be able to move from uh, out of the country for that because they don't really provide that much, um, uh, I guess, like, support for it. So um, I, did, I did end up still, like, trying to just pick other people's brains, uh, QA testers, and uh, mainly it was QA testers, and then at a point when Chris told me, like... Um, it'd be smart to like try to talk with recruiters as well. I tried to message recruiters also. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of people that I messaged and a lot of people that didn't get back to me. But Chris was one of the uh, one of the few that did, which I'm very fortunate about.
3: So, when out of all of these people, like it sounds like your journey's been going on for a while and it sounds like there's been some some wins obviously connecting with people also, some of the hardships of just like getting rejected, because you know, having people not respond to you that can make that can feel bad, right? So, for you, what have been some of the challenges that you've had um, just in this job search, and how were you able to overcome those things?
1: Yeah, so um, it was it was tough. Uh, I mean, I just graduated back in May, so I didn't really. Uh, I just wanted to kind of like try it try it out like I mean I I knew I wanted to do something in game dev after I like after I graduated because that was the thing that I had the most passion for um and it was it was definitely tough you know uh, initially because I really just like I mentioned I really just wanted to kind of like move somewhere move like a different country or something and and just live on my own and try it out Uh, but there is obviously like way more to it and once I actually found out like you should probably just stick within uh, working in the in your in the country you're in now and maybe in the future that could end up happening so like some of the challenges was just like you know trying to connect with people and trying to get them to respond back um, I always kind of like uh, my my issue is I always just kind of like hold back and uh, sometimes I don't really uh, message people or, or or something like that I don't DM, I don't DM. so there's a lot of people that I'm connected with that I don't actually that I've never interacted with but they still like connected back with me um but i just never wanted to send a message because i felt like i I felt like a bother like i I don't really like bothering people too much either um so it's just kind of like i guess it's kind of like a like an internal battle i had um whether messaging people or not um and then stuff like like during the application process um figuring out like what it is that i need to put down on my resume to like stand (laughs) out amongst others especially for someone like myself who I don't have any experience whatsoever, and well, some, most of my experience was just my work in, in uh university, um, and apart from that, I didn't really have much experience, um, so it's kind of hard to like figure out what to have on there, what not to have on there. Um, <clears throat> and I never actually uh, fixed up my resume till I brought it up with Chris at some point. Um, and then something like cover letters, I didn't know if that was important or how to write them and stuff like that. So um, I always wanted to try to have one, but I didn't really know how to uh, go approach it. Um, But yeah, I think those are like some of the challenges that I had to go through.
3: Dude, that's awesome. And then one of the things that I remember seeing, like I had a conversation with you before and you showed me a, a sample of your resume before meeting Chris. (laughs) and then a sample of the resume after meeting Chris and can you tell us like what were the like what were the differences like what were the aha moments that you had in that process um you know that that people can learn from
1: well I think the main thing is um for people that don't have much experience with like video game development I think the main thing is um my first initial resume I didn't have any work experience I think what I kind of tried to rely on was like my the skills that I have on there, but that's the the problem with that is that people, they're not going to know uh, what skills you have until they actually like see it in action. Right. So it's kind of like it doesn't really help out in a way either. Um, it's it's nice to have, but they don't really they won't really know uh, that you actually have those skills. You could just be lying and putting them on there or something. Um, but I think the main thing that I wanted to try to focus on was. What do I have that I could put for like the type of experience that I that I uh, that I would have for video game development? So the main thing was just putting my project experience on there or some type of experience, which was the project experience that I had. Um, so I put like some of the games that I developed or helped develop uh, with some other uh, my my colleagues back in university, um, and I think that was the main thing that actually stands out now to the new resume that I have. Like it, I feel like when I look at it now. I think it looks way better than what it used to look like, and it's a lot more simpler too. Um, but I think some sometimes simpler or simple is is better. Um, and then Chris was also one of the uh, he also mentioned like try to add maybe some technical skills like explain how you could bring or like your skills and like how you could bring or what you can bring to the table. Uh, just kind of like detail those those uh, skills that you have. Um, so those are like the two main things that I added. Uh, and besides it looking more simpler now, but I think that's something just to t- to think about while you're um, making a resume. Like any type of experience that's relevant to the to the career that you're going for, try to just write it down. Um, it would it could go a long way.
2: Dude, that's really and cool.
3: Then... <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Brian. Go um, ahead.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was just... I was gonna say. I'm sorry. We're like mixing up. You're you're good one.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say that I'm kind of feeling like a direct parallel between you and Chris and myself and Steve. Um, going. And Steve, you, you, I'm sure you remember this, right? Like, really helped me out with my resume a couple of years ago towards the end of graduation. Um, so yeah, like it's it, it is super important to be able to write down everything you're doing. And I know that one thing that Steve preaches, and we've talked about this on a couple of previous episodes of the podcast, is making sure that you document every responsibility that you've handled in a job or in in a club organization or whatever it is that you're a part of. Because um, sometimes you kind of forget or you tend to downplay your accomplishments. Um, so it's really awesome that you did that. I mean, because like I was kind of in the same boat where. I worked on a couple of projects with friends at school but never anything kind of uh longer term but i guess that kind of goes a longer way than just you know going through the core curriculum in your classes
2: and then uh yeah chris,
0: chris, you're,
3: yeah you're gonna say something what was that chris
2: yeah no no i absolutely agree and um like if i can just make a remark i think i believe i actually mentioned this to you uh Jason, during the sort of initial conversations, it's the the one thing that I've seen from people that are recent graduates or that, that are planning to do a transition from a different industry into the video game industry um, is perhaps that sense of like, well, I, I don't actually have experience on this, um, and I can I can say by like I was surprised, man, to see like the amount of projects that you had not only develop, but basically be in charge of. It's like, well, this is your ticket right here, man. Um, And I think for anybody that watches the podcast, it's like, that's definitely something that you have to capitalize and not be shy about. Um, Because you have done the work. It's been your effort into it. And there's been results, whether it was like something successful or not. Um, You still were able to get that experience. and the concept of transferable transferable skills is like, you know, if, if you have the work dedication, the the, the proper work eth- ethic to get stuff accomplished, that's something that you definitely have to sort of bring up every moment that you can, um, because it, it's your potential that that can get you that job. You know, I think. Um,
1: yeah,
3: that's that's all that I wanted. Right. Good so stuff, for, man. For Jason, because you did. For Jason, so Chris touched on like there were some different projects that you worked on, and even though those aren't quote unquote work experience, uh, he he's absolutely right, and that's relevant. Um, it's it's not professional experience but it's a relevant experience and skills that you can put onto a resume can you tell us about some of those projects that you were working on in the past that you were able to put on your resume
1: yeah so uh i think the main the main one um that is probably going to be most relevant to most or more most companies is um i made this game in unity uh it's called space mastermind um it i haven't i the only reason i didn't really want to like put it on there is because uh, we never actually finished the game but we did do some like really good work on it and it was like work and dedication and and it, it shows like the passion that we put on in the in the game while we were making it me and my uh my friends from school um but that was like that's like the big one that i try to i guess um showcase like to the best of my ability because that's the one that's like super that would be super relevant to Uh, most companies, since most companies either use, uh, Unity or Unreal, uh, balance between the the two. Um, and essentially that game, um, the way I got about to, like, inspired to want to make something like that game was, um, I was inspired by Resident Evil, um, uh, Resident Evil with Dead Space, um, something like, I wanted to kind of do, like, something that was, like, horror, um, in a way, which is pretty ironic, because I'm, like, very terrible with horror, I cannot handle horror. But I wanted to do something like that. Um, and I really enjoy, like, outer space stuff. Um, I'm a big, like, space guy. Um, I like learning about, uh, outer space and, and stuff like that. Um, I actually used to want to be an astronaut at some point, but obviously that dream is probably never going to happen. Um, but yeah, that, that was kind of, like, my thought process. Um, I wanted to just, like, have the world be in space and then, like, just include, like, horror elements into them. Um... And essentially that's kind of what uh, ended up happening. Um, uh, I really like, I really enjoy the work I made, I put into it. Um, It was a lot of programming, uh, a lot of uh, level designing, which is what I mostly did. I was mostly like the level designer and that's kind of like what I have like a pretty big passion on. Uh, I I really like designing stuff, Um, uh, UI uh, menu, I made all that stuff, Uh, the the level as I mentioned. And I did also help around with the programming because I was also... um, uh, a, uh, I am also a programmer, um, so I helped out in that. And I don't know. I just really, I just really like the turn, uh, the turnout that we, that the game made. Um, even though it wasn't finished, we kind of just had to prematurely uh, finish it, uh, or finish, put an end to it at some point because we didn't have much time left. Uh, but that was a big one. And then some other projects that I did make. Um, this was in a different class. Uh, we worked with NES, uh, the NES uh, console, um, in a <laughs> A software called 8-bit workshop i think it's actually more recent uh a lot more a lot more newer Um uh, but it's not used that often but for stuff like older games like super nes nes it's um uh, it's something that you can use for that so we use we use 8-bit workshop to make nes games and uh we made like about three or four of them um but this was also around the time when uh, covid uh, started happening so when we had to transition from like Doing, like, actual in-school to online, it was a little bit tough. Um, And we had to kind of, like, scrap one of the ideas, one of the game ideas, so we ended up having to just move out to, like, the last project. Um, The first project we did was just a basic, like, uh, text game. Um, Just something, like, so we can dip our toes into a bit Workshop and understand it. And the, I believe, the second game was actually, like, a shooter, a 2D shooter, something... um, I can't. I don't remember the game. It's like it's like a two like D shooter type of game. Um, essentially, there's like uh, targets out on the field, and then you just have to move between left and right and shoot the targets. Um, and I think the third game is the one we actually ended up having the scrap. Mm-hmm. And the fourth game, the fourth game was like adding or putting everything that we've learned and into into one game into like a platformer, mm-hmm. um, side scrolling platformer. Um, uh, but we never actually finished that one either. Um, but we did uh we did do a de- I, th- I think we did do a good job on it anyways um i was still so proud of the work we did especially for uh april workshop was honestly was kind of really hard to like comprehend and understand and use uh because a lot of the coding involved was like it was kind of gibberish in a way even though it was <laughs> like like something we've seen before it was still like really weird to understand and also the sprite work was super weird too because it was just like you were confined between like a, a block and you fill out the blocks uh, to get like a, the, the sprite essentially. Um, so it was like it was kind of weird to understand and I, I ended up having to like I helped out with like the sprite work too uh, and the programming but um, a lot of that was like really unfamiliar for us and just trying to comprehend it. Um, it took a lot more than, than we thought. Uh, but those are just some of the projects that I made. Um, the ones that I'm, I'm pretty ac- uh, proud, of, proud of is the Unity one, the, or, uh, the last one, the platformer that we made in the 8 workshop.
3: Gotcha. And then, like, it, it's obvious that you have a ton of experience developing games. And we've, I'm sure we've got some listeners that are like, I've got zero game development experience. How do I even get started, right? And for you, what was your journey into going from zero development experience to what you have now?
1: So yeah, a lot of it, I have to credit uh, my professor uh, because he's the one that taught uh, taught me pretty much everything about um, Unity and just like programming in general. Because I, I, my thought process when I first like took the my intro to game development class, my thought process I didn't really know like what I was to what, I, what to expect going in there like I didn't really know how you incorporated like the programming language into the actual game like how you code it uh to to make the game like uh run and work the way it's supposed to um but that like my video game development experience actually dates back to high school because I took a class in uh called video game design um but it didn't re- really involve any programming it was still programming like logic and stuff was involved but you didn't really uh i didn't really type any code or line of code down um we used that we actually used a software called game salad and it was all like essentially it's like putting together pieces of the pieces of the puzzles and making it work like there's a puzzle piece that says like have this character move um or something like that and we ended up u- using that um but that was like where I, where it first started for me like i i learned video game development done and then in high or in college um a lot of it is credited for my to my professor he taught us everything um like how to write or he basically showed us like what what code to write um and then like replicate it yourself um and these other and these other games for, for these projects of ours um so a lot of it is is credited for him um and a lot of it also it's a uh, tutorials i used a lot of tutorials online videos um because I'm, uh, I I don't really, I don't really think my coding skills are like up to speed with what I, with what I feel is like the the standard, um. So a lot of it I had to just look up on my own as well at some point, and video tutorials are really helpful, uh. But they also can only go, they also only go like a, a certain way, so you just get stumped again. Um, but those those are like the the main things that really help out. Any like. Google is your friend, uh, but make sure to ask like a lot of questions as well. Like, If you have any professors that are teaching video game development, it's important to just ask questions um, and just clarify, make sure to, to, like that everything is clarified for you to be as simple as possible, because it can be really complicated.
0: I'd like to follow up yeah. on that a little bit. Um, so you mentioned a couple different things that you've used, right? You mentioned Game Salad, 8-Bit Workshop, and Unity. Um, and so for a lot of people going out there, or that are starting out, looking for programming languages they've maybe heard of like javascript java um all those different frameworks um in your opinion what was the best place to start and and, or what was that start for you once you got into your cs program in college
1: uh i would say um i mean i prefer i liked using unity that was my that was my favorite um i tried using Unreal, but personally i wasn't the biggest fan of it Although I know a lot of companies do use Unreal Engine, so at some point I would probably have to go back to it. But I liked Unity a lot. I think it was really simple and just um, to the point with, with certain things. Um, I know Unreal has their like blueprint system and it's it was just a little bit complicated for me to understand. A lot of it was, I had to kind of look it up um, to just learn about it. Um, I think a good starting point would be Unity though. Um, and then once you actually learn Unity, I think you can go to like doing Unreal Engine um yeah yeah and well i forgot to mention um for it depends i guess it also depends on the programming language um well for unity uh we use since i we, pre- well, we primarily use like c or c sharp um so if you're using something like that then yeah uh but for uh on Unreal engine they do have like c with their blueprint uh system thing so it, it kind of depends on the language that you're using as well. I would I would say, but mostly I believe C and C sharp are like the things that uh, most companies do use. I, I think.
3: So, obviously Jason has a has an absolute passion for game development, and Chris, I, I wanted to go back to you. Like I'm sure working at PlayStation, you get a ton of people that ask for your mentorship, ask for your leadership. Out of all of the people in the world, like you ended up working with Jason, what are some of the things that stick out about Jason that you look for in someone that you're actually going to mentor?
2: Absolutely, man. Um, so the, the one thing that I that, that I mentioned to you, Jason, like at the end of the day, man, it's like, you know, you like you're li- willing to listen and basically take everything in. Um, and for me, like, I can give as much guidance as people want. Um, but it's it's only those that are willing to follow through uh, and follow up that, uh, that that I personally try to, like, invest my time into. And, more, like, Jason, you're definitely one of those people, man. Um, I think it's having that determination of, like, as a person who may not have the experience, the uh, technical skills, like at the very least you have the passion to try to pursue these types of things, right? Um, because because everything else can be learned, everything else can be gathered through experience, but but it's passion that is usually really hard to to come from like a natural like a natural place, right? Um, As well as that determination, it's like, it is not easy to go through one, two, three, or four rounds of interviews and get rejected every time and still be willing to say, you know, I'm not giving up on this. Um, That's something remarkable, you know, um, especially for a young person that's just coming out of college, um, which, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that come in including myself, right? That come out of college, thinking that because we have our um, certificate or diploma, is like we're guaranteed to have a job and it's like, it's a different reality out there. Um, it can be a big part of the consideration to get a job. Um, but I think everything is evolving a little bit more, right? Um, so I think just... People that have determination, the passion, and that are seriously committed to their to their own success. Um, th- those are the people that uh, that is the easiest for me to sort of approach and work with. Um, I mean, it, like I believe uh, Byron, you may have already experienced it with Steve. It's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, one of the the cool dynamics that we get out of working with people like that is. We feed off each other's energy and it it, it just makes the process uh, on its own a little bit more enjoyable.
3: Yeah, and like one of the things I want to touch on is that you mentioned when working with Jason that he was very self-driven, self-motivated, like you would give him instructions and he would listen to those, actually put them into action and then come back to you and then ask for more, right? so for those listeners out there when you look at job descriptions don't you always see those little bullet points that say like self-motivated communicates effectively right and jason and what jason chris and byron do absolutely like when they come to a mentor they are showing these things They show how well they communicate. They show how well that they take instruction. They show how well they're able to take feedback and improve and be self-motivated. So these are, this is like actual evidence. This is like proof that they have these skills and it's not just a bullet point on a resume because anybody can put that, right? But how are you actually showing it to the people and especially understanding that um, you guys talked about being able to return the energy, right? So as a as a mentor, we want to talk and, and, and be able to help somebody out. So when we see that somebody's actually taking that information and doing something good with it, that makes us feel good, right? And it makes us want to invest even more. Because it's it's that versus the other people who we give instructions to and then they do nothing with it. And that can be like that's like the frustration on, on our end as men as mentors is that like okay I feel like I'm talking to a brick wall and part of it is they just may not be ready for it but I want to invest more of my time on people that are returning that energy you know what I mean so excellent stuff excellent excellent stuff Um, I know that's definitely one of the things that I look for in, in everybody that I work with so in like I can see this is how my vision has been kind of panning out because me and Byron, right, we have a relationship where I've been helping Byron and then we started up this podcast, right? So we're able to help other people out. I've been mentoring Chris, you know, ever since our days back at PlayStation and then now Chris has been mentoring Jason, right? So this is kind of like the master plan for game developers is like, how are you paying it forward and helping the other game developers? Because ultimately, there's a little bit of selfishness in me because I know the more people I help with their careers, the more awesome games I'm going to be able to be, <laughs> be able to play in the future, right? So thank you guys uh, for the future work that you're all going to be doing. And I know that since Jason has had this experience, he's absolutely going to be able to do this with other people in the next few years as they come to him for guidance because because Jason is building up his professional experience as a, as a video game tester. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, one more thing that I wanted to touch on is I know that Jason and Chris have been um, have been working for a few months. What are some of the things that you're working on in the future and like how, how is this gonna be panning out in the, I guess, in the near future?
2: Um, is the question like on a, at a professional level or like more personal level?
3: Either either way, like obviously, this the relationship that you have—it's it kind of started off as a profession, but I'm guessing that there's like friendship that's building into it now. Oh, it's not just like a professional like, mentor mentee, but like how how is this relationship between you two evolving?
2: Gotcha. Well, if I can start, man. Um, like as for me, is like I always just try to be a resource to anybody that may need some help, right? And especially, like, as you, Jason, start transi- transi- transitioning into this job and basically um, you're going to see how the years fly by in game development. Right? Um, and being able to solidify these relationships and being able to catch up with each other, um, the importance of basically maintain- maintaining a like, healthy relationships outside of work. Like, um, th- that's something that I'd like to provide, like, basically, not only for you, like, for Steve, which we have actually been doing, um, uh, even though we don't work with each other anymore. Um, and with even you, Byron, sometime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's I think that's super important, you know, because um, it, it, it is tough to work in... Game development, a lot of times there's plenty of challenges, overtime, uh, deadlines, whatever, right? Um, and you, you need to be able to rely on people that are either going through the same thing or have already gone through it. And, you, you know, it, it's kind of nice to have that as well. I think um, that's where cool. I would personally like our relationship to, you know, just keep going
3: throughout the years. And then for you, Jason, like what are the things, obviously just getting into the industry, first step is actually to get that first job, right? And then I'm sure there are gonna be tons of questions that you're gonna have. Like what are, what do you foresee that you will need uh, moving forward just as you grow as a professional?
1: Uh, I think a lot of it would, it's gonna be like drive and de- determination. Like you have to be determined to, uh, go into the work and especially for something like QA testing um, which I don't know like a lot about but I have heard uh, certain things about it like it's a lot of like you have to have very like attention to detail and, and stuff like that like you have to be very patient at times because um, it's like a very delicate uh, like a very delicate job to, to do um, and I don't think people really like uh, they, they either don't know don't like, they don't really know um, like the actual meaning of being a QE tester or they just uh they have different uh they had a different mindset and once they actually get into it it's like a completely different thing than what they thought because some people just think it's actually just you're just testing games (laughs) but it's not the case um there's a lot more to it of course um but like for me it's like I'm always gonna be able to go and rely on Chris for help because uh he's just super easy to like talk with um very friendly um A very friendly guy, and I just really, like, I, I just, my mindset was, like, I can always go to Chris, because it's just, like, he's always, he can always, he always helps me out, even if, like, um, it's not something that I think, uh, I, I guess I could, I should hear, like, he still gives me advice, and, um, it's really helpful, just, like, how easy it is to talk with him, and how, like, fun, uh, fun it is, and, and just nice, he's a really nice person, and honestly, like, I, 100% 100% recommend if you ever need someone uh, to go to Chris. Um, super helpful guy. Uh, but I'm I'm really hoping that we can just keep this relationship like between us uh, going for years to come. And I hope maybe one day we'll be able to like work together as well. Cause I would I would certainly love to for that to happen.
2: Oh, that not be sick, man. Of course.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's super awesome, man. Like um, I have a couple mentors as well, like Steve. We actually spoke earlier this week. I had some concerns, or not really concerns, but just wanted to, you know, talk it out with him and kind of get the best approach and moving forward with with work and with life and stuff like that. Um, Just having someone that you can go back to instead of bottling up those feelings, I feel is super important. So I'm really glad that you guys have that relationship. And for those of you guys listening, um, yeah, make sure, like, have, seeking mentors um, that even if they can't directly get you work, but just someone to bounce ideas off of someone that's just there to listen is just super important to have.
1: Right. And even like, um, just to, let's just, just to add this, even um, for like something that wasn't the work experience, like he kind of helped me out. Like uh was just like generally um, like moving out, like if I wanted to move out, right. Like he gave me some, some tips about <laughs> cool. that. Like, it's not actually just like, hey, you're moving out, uh, you're moving to a different state or different city or something. There's a lot more to it, of course, that like you have to uh, really like do a lot of background check and information on that. And he kind of like brought me back down uh, from like cloud nine, like, oh, hey, I actually have to like look for apartments or I have to see uh, how much apartments cost or stuff like that <laughs> or like, all those expenses and all that stuff. And he kind of like brought me back down. I'm like, all right, you know what? I never thought I never actually thought about it that way. I got to. Actually, like, be realistic here. Like, I don't really have a lot of it, uh, the funds to, you know, do yeah. that. And that, <laughs> like, it, it goes back to that too. Like, he helped me out with that as well. Like, it's not just uh, the work, like the the video game, like work experience that or advice that he gave me too. So it's just really helpful in that sense.
2: Yeah, just a quick then- follow-up on that. Uh, so, so just to provide a little bit of insight. Is like, uh, I think the conversation. Because we, we, we actually talk to each other on the phone. Uh, and the first thing that I asked is like, okay, so what's the plan, right? If you were to be accepted at Naughty Dog, uh, um, Santa Monica Studio or anything. And it's like, there, yeah, there's all these things that I'm actually going to place if you were to get a position, right? Um, for anybody that's listening, that's it's super cool that you want to get into video games it's just like from personal experience too it's like when when do you do your homework and you see the like how realistic it is as far as your uh, expenses as well I mean it's something that that cannot be neglected right Um, you you can set yourself to basically work towards that and and I'm glad that you took that advice uh, Jason
3: So one of the things that I love about this is that you guys have been talking for months already just about you know, working in video games. And playing forward, If four, four years down the line, if Chris ends up working at an amazing studio and, and is looking for a high-quality tester, right? Or if he knows another company that's looking for a high-quality tester, he's absolutely confident in making a recommendation of jason because they have this work experience right there's actual substance to them being able to work together right as opposed to some of the other job like searchers out there that will reach out to a professional and say hey i saw this job can you give me a recommendation right and the problem with that is if we were to make a recommendation on someone what is that recommendation based on, right? If they, if they ask me to recommend someone, is it based on one Zoom conversation that I had with them, or is it based on months of mentoring and working side-by-side at volunteer organizations or doing podcasts with, right, over the course of several months or years? That has a lot more credibility than somebody who just reached out to me once on LinkedIn, So this is the importance of building relationships with people because part of it is you never know how it's going to play out in the future because every time you're interacting with somebody, whether you know it or not, that's already you interviewing with them, right? So this is exactly what companies are trying to find out about people in that short interview process. Do they know the person? Do they like the person's personality? And can they trust them to get the job done, right? So that's one of those things where be very mindful if you're asking for mentorship or if you're asking for a recommendation, what are the things you're contributing and how are you giving back? And then how, how, is that, can, how can it possibly play out in the future? Because I had no idea that with my first conversation with Byron, that several years later we'd be doing a podcast. I never had any idea that my first conversation with Chris That would end up in us doing this podcast and then Chris would be mentoring somebody else, right? So that's why there's just incentive to be a good person in general, have positive interactions with people and spread more good. Because that's that's something that the gaming industry and the gaming community needs in general. We need Mm -hmm. more positivity. So thank you guys for being champions of positivity in video gaming and I absolutely love seeing this type of stuff. So, a little bit of a change in in, in uh, gears here. I want to talk about something like, what are the games that you guys played mm. that influenced you to want to get into gaming? And let's start off with Jason. What's some games that you played that like that blew your mind, and said, "Damn it, I want to get into this career."
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, I would say because one of my favorite games of all time is Jack Two, Jack and Daxter Two uh, from Naughty Dog. Good. Um, and that was, like, that was my main drive to, like, want to work with Naughty Dog, because, like, I, I, liked, I love I love those games, so I want to be able to, like, work there. Like, who wouldn't want to work with, like, the studio that made their favorite their favorite game, right? Um, and I just really, like, enjoy those games. Unfortunately, they're probably never going to make another one. But, that's, uh, besides the point, uh, those are some of, like, like, Jack 2, uh, Jack 3. This is the whole Jack and Daxter series I really like, um, I would have to say, like, Persona 5 as well, and, and any RPG, honestly, because um, mm. I'm a big RPG guy, so I would love to make uh, RPGs in the future, Same. Um, but those are, like, some of the ones that really inspired me uh, to want to get into video mm-hmm. game development, because I, I love playing those games, so why not make my own, right? Um, yeah. Near near automata uh, or not automata near replicant uh, Final Fantasy Seven a lot of JRPGs that's that's like my bread and butter basically RPGs.
3: Got it. How about you, Chris? Oh man,
2: Um, so dude, like I, I, I I, along with you guys, I'm one of the people that, uh, as a kid, just grew up with uh, like video games. You know, basically. Um, and when I got my f- first PlayStation 1, I was in third grade. I'm that old. Um, and I remember the f- like one of the first video games that I legitimately played. Uh, didn't own any console before that, no Nintendo, Atari, or anything. Um, it was actually Metal Gear Solid 1. <clears throat> and it kind of blew my mind just... To be able to basically play a movie as a game and i mean for a young man like that it's like what is <laughs> like what is this right um, um of course going to resident evil one resident evil two and how groundbreaking it seemed back in the day um as far as like the graphics uh, i used to live in mexico so of course that was like a faraway dream um and when I came, of course, into the United States, lived here, um, just so happened to live in San Diego, it, it was by pure luck, I mean, I'm telling you, it's like, I looked into the website for a PlayStation, went to the careers page, and realized that there was a, a location in San Diego for uh, QA testing. So, uh, basically, that's kind of how it went, you know? Like, without expecting anything, I just went ahead and applied, and, um, it was through my transferable skills of playing games since I was a kid, right, that I was able to get that job. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's those are those are the main games for sure.
0: That's awesome. I'm kind of curious too. Are there any kind of current games that you guys are playing now? Like when you have time to play games?
1: Oh yeah, I, I have like <laughs> I have a couple. Um, well, because I still have time right now, um, especially. Well, I actually had another job, uh, so I haven't been able to play that much. But the, when I do play, I actually uh, recently I've been wanting to try. I've been wanting to play games from the past that I've never played before because there's so many series that I've mm-hmm. just missed out on. So I want to be able to experience that for like the first time. And I was actually playing Resident Evil Five with uh, one of my friends, cool. one of my longtime friends from cool. from high school. Um, and I'm trying to play through the whole Resident Evil series now because I never played it. And I'm a big, uh, like I mentioned, I'm just. I'm a big like, uh, what's it called? I'm afraid of of, like horror games. I just, I get like really, uh, tensed up and just like, I get like chills and such, essentially. But like Resident Evil isn't too bad. Um, I think the worst one is probably Seven. Uh, Mm Um, but I've never, I never actually played it. Um, but that's like some of the games that I'm playing now. Uh, I was, I played Mirror's Edge for the first time as well. Um, that was a pretty fun game, but it was a lot more different than I expected. And Mm -hmm. I'm trying to play through, uh, the games that I do want to play through is uh, Bioshock. Mm-hmm. I've only played the first one, but I want to play the other ones at some point. Um, I want to play through Fallout as well. Uh, Yakuza. Heard good um, things
0: about that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then The Witcher as well. And I want to actually play Skyrim this time because I played like five hours of Skyrim and I've never <laughs> went back to it. I don't know what happened there, but mm-hmm. I want to actually mm-hmm. play through it at some point. Um, and I'm also currently playing through Valkyrie Chronicles 4
0: oh cool quite quite the backlog <laughs>
1: yeah i have a i have a lot i have a lot of games on steam that i just i've just been making purchases because they go on sale and i'm like oh i'll play them eventually but i'll have them here just in the meantime but at some point i'm just like all right i gotta stop i gotta just stop buying games and just play the ones i have right now and then i can buy them at some point in the future yeah so that's one way to go bankrupt
0: yeah same I picked up Deathloop I put about 4 or 5 hours into it and I have not touched it since
1: I've... <laughs> I do want to play Deathloop as well yeah
2: <laughs> well um, for for me like I have to be absolutely honest it's it, 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 as a QE tester sometimes it gets really complicated to play just games for fun uh, because of time you know Especially if you're doing a lot of overtime. Um, You're using your eyes all day, right? So, um, I haven't had a chance to really go back and play stuff. But um, Mm -hmm. my backlog is also pretty crazy. (laughs) Like, the last game that I played was, like, uh, Life Strange 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. And I'm also trying to retake uh, some of the Call of Duty... uh, series, and I don't know, like, I'm also into, like, the weird type of games that, they're like $1.99 on the PlayStation Store, just, <laughs> um, like, I, I'm a little bit more interested in, like, what goes into those games, like, a little bit more in the, des- the design type of thing. Uh, um, that way I just pay attention to the way that things are being made, um, and th- that actually makes
3: it fun for me. Cool. Oh my goodness like you just brought me back with some of those comments to my days as a tester like working overtime and not being able to play games for fun afterwards like I remember there were times as a tester working overtime where I would play a game so much that I would still see it when I closed my eyes and I would go to sleep like like I would close my eyes and be immediately dreaming about the game that I was playing or things like where you're playing a game and you just have to constantly listen to the same audio over <laughs> and over and over again. And then that's just stuck in your brain as you're playing. So, for all of you uh, people that want to get into game testing, um, Jason mentioned also that it's not always just fun in games where you sit in a seat and it's having fun. Like, there's some times where you got to do some repetitive stuff, and that's going to be yeah. one of the challenges that you're going to have is just like, how do you mentally attack? this this problem where, yes, you have a game in front of you, but you're not necessarily playing it for fun, mm-hmm. right? You're doing everything you can to break the game so that the consumer at the end of the picture is not going to have to go through those problems. So just one of those things to keep in mind for all of you prospective testers out there. So I'm curious, going back into being a tester as an entry-level position, I'm curious, Jason, for you, how do you want your career to play out in the future like do you want do you think you'll want to stay in testing the whole time or would you want to maybe transition to a different uh, a different discipline what's in your mind at this moment
1: yeah so um, for me I wanted to just use because I knew um, video or like QA testing is kind of like entry level um, I wanted to use that as a bridge to be able to like get into the industry um, but it's not my goal is not really to like always do game uh qa testing i want to be able to like uh, actually be in the development process of the games like programming uh designing um so i would like to uh at some point if i like i guess like from or learn from experience like how uh the programmers do their work or how like designers do their work and stuff like that i want to be able to use that at some point to be able to make my own games like in the future like maybe make my own company at some point and develop my own games uh i think that'd be pretty cool but uh, for now yeah i wanted to just use like qa testing for that uh just to help me uh learn more about the video game development process and stuff like that
0: that's cool and i know you mentioned level design specifically earlier in this conversation um like, what is it about that that really, like, get, uh, captures your attention? What, make, like, what, what makes it so interesting for you to work on that, that part in particular?
1: Yeah, so I just really like, I really like art. Um, I like looking at art. Uh, honestly, I use most of my social media just to look at uh, artists' work and stuff like that, what they make and all that stuff. And I just really, like, and captivated by it. I really like watching it and just the process behind it. I'm not an artist myself. Uh, I'm not the best designer either. Um, before I actually did like computer science, I was going to do graphic design, but, Oh um, I never, uh, I guess like I decided to switch my career because I never really worked with like art in the past at all. Like that wasn't really something I put a atten- uh, focus to. Uh, but I always liked that. Admi- I always like admiring art. It's just something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I switched because, um, just I was really good at math, so people told me, like, you should do computer science. And I'm like, alright, okay, <laughs> cool. Uh, but for, like, level designing specifically, um, I don't know, I just... I i use, like, that admiration for, like, art and stuff um, to just, like, design my own things. Um, I actually did do... Uh, I took a class in animations uh, back in high school, and mm. we, designed, uh, we designed, like, our own things in Maya um, and in Flash as well, and I just... I really enjoyed like that process even though it's very complex and like it's a lot of like tedious work i just really enjoyed like being able to design character models and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. i thought that was cool and ever since then i just it's just i don't i can't really explain what it is that i like i just like being able i guess it's like uh being able to be in control of the 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 background of what's actually going on like in the level itself like Uh, you have the whole full control of all of that stuff and i think it's really cool um to just being able to do the work with that uh menu designing as well i don't know i Mm -hmm. i really like uh like ui design stuff like that um just you know making your own or using a font and just like programming that stuff specifically as well because it involves it does involve programming also but yeah it's just something about level designing that like Mm -hmm. it like stood out to me more than actually the programming side while i was doing my games
0: Mm -hmm. that's awesome and you mentioned um (laughs) oh sorry 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 (laughs) oh yeah um so you mentioned like you used game salad in high school and you took an animation class before you got to college so it sounds like you came in with kind of a pretty well-rounded kind of knowledge of the industry or at least some of the other disciplines so would you say that that was pretty helpful in kind of determining what path you wanted to be on would it be helpful for anyone to take those classes just to kind of have an understanding of those other disciplines even if they don't want to do it at like a professional level like what's your opinion on that
1: oh absolutely I think it's really I think it really helped out a lot because I, in high school I was still at a point where like I don't really know what I want to do um, I haven't fig- I hadn't really figured it out yet I just I like gaming uh, so I mean it'd be cool to like do something video game development but I never really like stood out to me, like, oh, this is exactly what I, what I want to do, but, um, for, when I took that class, I just, I decided to take it, because I like game, I like, I like gaming, so, um, why not just take a class to, like, learn about how games are designed, right, um, so I think that's super helpful, um, it impacted my decision, like, is this, like, is video game development what I would like to do in the future, and it helped out, um, it helped out a lot to just learn, like, even if I'd never use, that game salad ever again um it still helped out just to learn like the program and understand like uh the process behind it because it's still pretty much pretty similar uh in the grand scheme of things it's just like the approach is is different when you're using different uh programs of course but i would definitely recommend if you have any like game design classes or animation classes or stuff like that definitely take them if you're really want to like interested in like video game development it it comes a long way it's super helpful um So definitely recommend that.
0: Cool. And then I know uh, I interrupted you earlier, Chris. You were about to say something.
2: (laughs) Yeah, sorry, man. No, what what I was going to say is that um, in video game development, once you're, like, in it, right, um, there's, like, a lot of intersecting parts between the different disciplines. That's why one of the things that you're going to hear people say is, like, well, uh, I wear different hats, right? And it's definitely cool to basically have different understandings from all these disciplines and how they complement each other, because when it comes down to it, um, one definitely needs the other. And, like, from the QA perspective, at least, is like, I I may not know all of that, but I see the interaction that, based on the bugs that I may write, it's a lot of communication that goes between... Well, discern discipline. So, right. yeah, for a person who would like to make their own games, I think it's like, dude, that's probably the perfect path. That way, if you get a person like me that te- that tells you a very complex bug, it's not like, well, I know how to fix this part, but man, like, I have no clue what goes on with this next thing. um And that's what happens a lot with uh, with QA. You know, we we don't discriminate (laughs) against bugs it's just like if it happens it happens you just yeah it just (laughs) needs to be fixed right
1: yeah i think like that's really important too like just i guess that's what like and also another mentality that i had when i was like designing and stuff like that like it's nice to just know like the process behind it like in the future even if i don't like work with it at some point like it's still nice to know the process so you can like be able to communicate with like your coworkers and stuff like that, people that just, like do that actually do the designing. And um, I think that's really important and helpful as well. Like just having like basic knowledge of, of other disciplines is, is probably important as well.
3: And one of the things that I'm particularly excited for for your career is that as you get into testing, now that you're gonna have your first job, you're absolutely right that you're gonna be able to interact with people across the entire gaming industry. right? And this is one of those things where you don't have to know how your career progresses as you move forward but this is going to give you the opportunity to sample a lot of those different things right so as you begin to interact with sound designers or artists or programmers or maybe even other aspects of gaming such as like the business aspect producers right directors then you're going to see a little bit into each of their lives and that can give you some clues on how you want your career to progress right same thing for me i started off as a tester then i went into production and then now i'm a recruiter right so part of this is understanding that your career will evolve and that's why i love that also you have mentors like chris that will help guide you throughout this process because this is In my vision, it's never a one-and-done conversation. It's always an ongoing, evolving kind of relationship. So that's one of the reasons why I'm excited for you and your future, because you've got a great start already, you've got a great mentor, and there's just lots of amazing possibilities and opportunities that we don't even know yet. And I'm excited so that in future podcasts, we can revisit and see how your career has evolved. So thank you so much for uh, for some for taking some time out of your day to to have this chat with us. Um, I just Mr. wanted Mr. to add something. Oh, go ahead. Um,
1: like to be honest, or oh, this is like with the conversation from like um, that we just that we were just having like uh, design like double des- or UI designing stuff like that. Um, I just. Uh, like, I guess, like, another reason why, like, I like exploring other things is I just admire, I, I, like, for me, I admire the smaller things in games a lot of the times, um, things that people don't really, probably don't really comment on as much, um, compared to, like, other things, uh, like, maybe people comment more, like, about combat, like, does it work well, uh, does it interact well, and stuff like that, uh, so, like, programming and stuff like that, but for me, it's, like, I just really enjoy, like, the smaller things in games, like, looking at the scenery, um. I admire that a lot uh the sound i i love i love video game music so much uh i could just i really appreciate like the work that comes from it because it's it's hard right to be able to like compose your compose music and i want to learn that process even if i'm never going to use it it's still nice to just learn (laughs) about it and uh just see how the process goes like pick the composers brains and like how do they go about like thinking of like the the sound uh the sounds that they do the 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 effects the uh, the sound effects and all that stuff like i would love i want to learn that process too i just i just want to learn like pretty much everything like um doesn't matter like if i'll use it or not but it's still helpful to just have uh and know
0: yeah i'm happy to hear that yeah. man i actually am a composer myself um it's not what i it's not the main thing i do anymore but if you ever want to chat about that, dude, I'm more than willing to, you know, hop on a call or show you my process, because I'm actually, you know, for fun, I'm working on a game with my one of my friends, and I am sending over some music tracks to him, and I've chopped it up into, like, the intro, the loop, so yeah, I can totally give you some insight into, like, what I do for that. Oh,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, and I actually do, like, right here, I have a... Oh, like, dude, I already nerd, saw it. I already nerd saw nerd it. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not touched it at all, but I, I love... I love piano music, especially if it's in games, like, it's just I don't know, it really, like, hit touches my heart, essentially, mm-hmm. um, but I just really, like, I, I've always wanted to learn that, and just, like, but it's it's super hard, right, it's a super hard instrument to learn but I'm getting off topic, it's just um, I just wanted to add that uh, in there, like, I just love uh, learning about, like, other things that come uh, while, while you're doing video game development, and not just the programming side, and, um, or the testing side, and stuff like that
2: just real quick, I think it's called serendipity, what just happened. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> and now that you're going to be working in a professional environment, now is an opportunity for you to be able to meet face-to-face uh, these, the people that are actually doing these things, right? So that's uh, the same process is going to be happen. It is going to go on now that you're going to be a professional at this company. It's going to be the same process, just like you reached out to Chris and built this relationship. Now you're going to have the opportunity to do that with everybody at this company, because now you have now you're you're more accessible to them and vice versa. Right. You're going to be working side by side with these people for probably years. And then that's going to give you the opportunity to build relationships with them and pick their brains and like that's one of those things where when they know you like you and trust you they'll be able to give you some more information right you're not some random dude coming out from linkedin sending them a blind message but you're actually working side by side with them right so this is a tremendous opportunity for you to take moving forward and you know a great lesson for any of the listeners out there is like once you get your foot in the door at somewhere at an organization whether it's you're working with them or maybe even volunteering in the same organization that's a great way to kind of break the ice and say, Hey, we've got this thing in common and then use that as a kind of a springboard to open up the relationship. So awesome stuff.
1: Can I just give like one more uh, piece of advice? Um, This is just something that uh, I didn't ever do while I was in university, but I want like other people to know that they probably should, I think it's really important. And it's probably one of the things that I took out of like, my for my four or five years of being there like i regret not doing um if you have the opportunity to do so like make sure to take internships uh they definitely would go a long way um and that's one thing that i just i regret not doing um uh, because i was just like i didn't really just want i did not want to do any of that like i just i was like i just want to finish school like i want to you know move on uh with life and like start a career or something but um they do go a long way and they're super helpful um so make sure to, like, take advantage of that. Uh, definitely if while you're still uh, in university, I think it's really important and
3: helpful. Gotcha. And, and speaking of university, Chris, I want to go with, uh, to you. Like, I know you graduated. Um, for you, what are some of the things that you would like to advise others to do that you didn't learn in school?
2: Right, so... I would definitely like to say it's like, just take a moment to do a little bit of self-reflection, right? To to understand kind of where you're at, and realize that things have dramatically changed in the past couple of years, as far as like the job market goes. You know, it's like um, I can tell you almost with certainty, you know, graduating in two thousand fourteen, that most of my classmates and Basically, people that were my friends, all of us were in the same situation that we graduated, we applied to all these jobs with the expectation that we were going to be given a chance, right? And the times have changed, so it is not as easy anymore. Um, I believe that internships can definitely definitely give you a lot of uh, insight and experience, real-world hours, which is what hiring managers are looking for. but definitely, th- th- do not take stuff for granted. Um, ma- maybe that's just the first thing. Um, the sooner you start making relationships, reaching out to people, there's no, as far as I know, like a li- like a limit of age that you can create a LinkedIn uh, account. And that I believe is the is a new way of obtaining obtaining a lot of jobs, right? Uh, by professionally networking, even if it's with people that live hundreds of miles away from you um yeah so we definitely live in different times it's like don't don't expect like steve you know like how frank i am and straightforward right like so i'll just say it, like don't expect for people to, to just give you stuff right um you have to work for it you have to build the relationships you have to put yourself out there and mm. i know this affects a lot of, uh, people that may be introverted. Um, but it's like, you know, you just just know that you are doing it for yourself, that you're not trying to prove anything to anybody, um, and that it's going to be something positive for you. Um, try, try to look for people that are going to support you along the way, that sort of understand you, that motivate you to get to where you're at, because it's a lot harder to do it all by yourself. Um, and, I mean, I think this is kind of like a good representation of that, right? Like, the four of us somehow have that going on right now. And (laughs) that's what matters.
3: You're absolutely right. And one of of those things that you touched on, being an introvert, right? I, severe introvert, um, have fear of talking to more than two people at a time, right? But I also understood that it's important To build my social skills now interactions like this are totally exhausting for me but at the same time I understand that it's something that I have to do if I want my career to progress so before I would be completely uh, just turned off by any social interaction situation I if any interaction I'd want to be in a corner kind of doing my own thing on my phone doing whatever doing anything but talking to people but because I know the importance of networking and getting to know people, that's what kind of gives me the courage to move out and move forward. And understanding that I have the ability to make a positive impact on other people's lives, that what's helped motivates me to get out of my comfort zone and to reach out to other people and just build a connection because somehow some way I can add add positivity into the world just by making a connection. So who am I to to stop myself from making those impacts by just sitting in a corner and doing my own thing. So shout out to all of the introverts out there. (laughs) Uh, you can do it. If I can do it, you guys can do it. Just get out there, be uncomfortable. And then you keep, you keep going from there. So awesome stuff. Thank you. Yeah, man. And then Mr. Byron, um, I, I know we're getting close to the end here. So, uh i'll let you take it from here
0: oh yep i was just about to yep um so yeah appreciate you guys coming on taking the time to to do this um this was a great conversation um first things first um we'd love to have you guys back on in the future maybe six months down the line a year from now just to kind of see where you're going especially jason um once you start your position and when do you officially start by the way
1: uh tomorrow actually oh
2: cool cool dude (laughs) (laughs) congrats (laughs)
1: it's so crazy Uh, I mean three weeks ago sorry I don't want to like pick up take up too much time but it was like it's already been like three weeks since I actually got the job offer but since I wanted to put like a two weeks notice uh, at work since I was working at Best Buy in the meantime um, it's finally time like it's finally here like I can't believe how fast October has passed already it's crazy
0: dude yeah that is that's awesome so we'll definitely need to follow up Um, I want to hear kind of like your experience and all the stuff you've learned, I'm sure it's going to be like a kind of another great conversation like this one. And um, yeah, so you guys have left some great kind of parting advice already. Um, you've also mentioned a couple of pieces of software. I'll list those in the description. And the last thing I'd like to know for our audience is kind of where can people find you? Um, social links, LinkedIn, and specifically for you, Jason, um, I forgot to ask this earlier, but you named off quite a few projects that I'm personally interested in checking out. Can I find those anywhere online? Is there any gameplay for it? Is there like itch, itch.io and stuff like that? So, yeah, um, go ahead and name off any like social links that you'd like to the audience to, to know about.
1: Yeah, so I actually have a portfolio uh, where I have like demos of the game and then like it just like uh, an introduction of myself and stuff like that. Um, but I would probably need to link that to you because I don't remember it by memory. It's a okay. really like weird link. It's just like pre-made. Mm-hmm. um so I would need to link that but I also LinkedIn of course um if you you can just find me for like I, I think you can just find me by like putting my name Jason via or something like that mm-hmm. um oops oops uh but yeah I, I don't I don't usually give out <laughs> my Twitter or anything like that because um first for personal reasons uh I don't really yeah, like to give fine. out like Facebook Twitter stuff like that but usually you can definitely find me on LinkedIn I'm always I always get notifications on there. Um, or you can shoot me a DM through my Discord or anything like that uh, as well. But yeah, for the portfolio, I can just uh, link that to you. You can uh, put that in the description if, if people want to check out the the works I've done.
2: Okay, cool. And what about you, Chris? Cool, cool. Um, so I actually... I mean, you can believe me or not, but I don't have any social media. I divorced it. Um... <laughs> but i do have a linkedin so anybody that just wants to sort of connect or you know talk about anything really um i'll guess i guess i'll just give you guys the link for it um yeah like super open for any type of conversation and especially if it is like something professional like about video games like definitely down for that so
0: yeah awesome well thanks uh thanks for coming on the podcast and um yeah that concludes this that concludes this episode of the empower podcast see you guys next time
1: see you guys bye thank you